Sure. I think it's time for us to get into it. Let's Are we ready to speak it, queens? We just made that really awkward. <laughs> speak it, queens! <laughs> This is Queen Speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? How you doing, Sid? Hey, Brian, I'm great. How are you? <laughs> Sunshine and rainbows. Oh, it's just the best. It's the best. What's the latest in your life? So I got somewhat of a rude awakening, but a necessary awakening when it came to my skincare routine. Oh, yeah? Remember when we recorded that episode and I felt like I was really on top of things and I felt very positive about my accomplishments in the skincare world? And it turns out when I had said I'm really on top of my morning game, but not my night game, I was missing a few things in both worlds, not just my night game. So I got a facial last weekend um, as part of a celebration for a friend's upcoming wedding. And she was like, okay, you definitely need to be using an exfoliator. And I was like, okay, but like, how necessary is that? And she looked at me like I had six heads because she's like, you need to erase the dead skin from your face at least a couple times a week. And I was like, oh, but I don't wear any. She's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's just like a routine. And she's like, this is a thing that's probably clogging you up, which no one's ever told me. It's a product that I use at night. It's clean and clear Persagel. And I thought it was like really good for like clearing up the acne. And it turns out it was just like screwing me over royally. That's like when I found out that my uh, acne, the stuff that I was using my, on my acne issues was actually causing me to have an allergic reaction. And it hated your face. And I was like, oh. <laughs> See, that's, this is why everybody needs to go to a facialist. I totally agree. And so like that was one piece of advice. And then she said that other thing about the Persagel. And then she was like, and you should be moisturizing at night, which you gave me a side eye about because you're like, how did you not know that? But like, I have really oily skin. So I was like, I don't want to like double time the oil and she was like it won't like one that's not how that works <laughs> so so it feels good to be slightly shamed by it but also like feeling like i'm on track now and i haven't obviously it's been a couple days so i haven't noticed a huge difference yet but i am not feeling like the intense like nervousness that i used to feel if i didn't use that one acne product mm-hmm. because i used to wait feel like i was going to wake up with like a face full of acne because i had such issues with it growing up you're trauma so I am. And so it was helpful for her to like walk me back from the ledge a little bit and, and show me the right way. So that's why you go to a facialist and they can help you like an esthetician and they can really like that's what their job is, is to help you move forward. It's not just to sell you stuff. Yeah. Your skin actually looks magical. <laughs> Does it? Like seeing it right now before and after. Well, before, before, yeah. then after the facial when i was a little plump when you were a little plump and a little red irritated (laughs) and then now a few days later it's feeling good looking fresh yes love it love it love it what about you um i have been in the mode of budget life as we have discussed in the past because Mm -hmm. um i mentioned in the last episode that i am on track to pay off 
my loan. July. End of July. 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 And so we're not celebrating yet because it hasn't happened. But in this whole process, both Dan and I have been in this mode of like trying to figure out different goals. It's been part of a everyday conversation that we're having about like just things that we're trying to achieve, what stuff that we can look at and goals that we can set for ourselves. And so he helped create similar to what Chelsea did for Mm -hmm. you and kind of created a budget for us because he knows how to um, use Excel in the way that it's meant to be used with like formulas and as does Chelsea and such. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how to get down with that. And AKA (laughs) too lazy to do it myself. And so he was motivated to do it, which is awesome and helpful. So lean on people who know how to do things like the dance and the Chelsea's in our lives. Yes. Um, But it ended up being really helpful and eye-opening for me to, like, set some parameters Mm -hmm. around certain spending, which for us is mostly, like, things that I have to think about is, like, when I go to the wine store and buy a case of wine and... (laughs) Small things like that. And um, eating out and all of the restaurant credit card swipes that I love to make. Even with the points, you gotta gotta curve it sometimes. (laughs) But it was really good to see, like... In terms of expenses, how much I'm actually bringing in at the end of the month, um, and what are the restrictions I want to give myself, but also lets me kind of like live my life in a fun free way, yeah. but still hit some goals. So it has like the expenses, money I'm bringing in, goals, and then or budget and then future goals. Nice. And so the future goals is actually my favorite part because he incorporated some like time frame equation. That's the big motivator. Yeah. And so it said within my, my calculations were correct. And so within the month, I will be able to pay off my loan based on the monies. And if I stay on budget and my other goals include um, a car Mm -hmm. payment Mm-hmm. Um, for a down payment and then vacation to Europa. Yes. Ooh. And you're TV. like, you're looking for, because when I flew, it was a little like, it was a little crusty around the edges. I mm-hmm. think the airline I use, it's like, it was very affordable. <laughs> and I know when we talked about that, you were like, I'm trying to like, take it to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> My ideal life would be able to fly first class. Like of, Qatar Airlines. <laughs> at, at all times. But I'm not there yet. So dream it. big. But these savings goals are helping to get me there. So it was actually really cool to see like within three months, three to four months, I'll have my car down payment. Mm-hmm. And then within, I think, six to seven months, I'll have my... Um, vacation fund which I find super exciting because in my head it seems like I just have this one thing that's looming over me right now Mm -hmm. and it's hard to imagine that there's a way to get to the other things down the road right and so this I like having the the time frame and so if I'm off base with any of my budgeting then I'll see where you need to I went over yeah because and it also helps keep me accountable Mm mm-hmm which is everything I need in life because then if I don't if I have the tendency to overspend which is true yeah <laughs> as we all do I'll be able to see like oopsies 
got to cut back on that. Or like I spent 50 over on this, then I have to take this away from this other thing. And so. And having the accountability buddy, you know, is like one of my favorite tactics for most things in my life. And so I think the fact that it's Dan, someone like who gets this and understands your goals and knows what you're doing, but also is going to be like partaking in the dreams that you have for your financial Mm -hmm. future, I think is kind of a fun like one-two punch to just like focus in, have somebody keep you in check, but also just like be your cheerleader all the way around the, the track. Yeah. And it kind of put us take, taking it to the next level of like putting everything out Seeing on the it. table. Everything. <laughs> Here's everything. That's that's some kind of, and it's like this weird layer of trust. And we've talked about trust a lot, but like it just is like one layer deeper yeah. like, <laughs> into the trust. You know all of my secrets <laughs> about money. All of my spending <laughs> habits right there in front of you, which is why Chelsea does mine and not my dad. <laughs> because he wanted to and... I just didn't I just didn't want to go there. I think Chelsea was a better fit for that. <laughs> yeah, for that specifically, yes. <laughs> so we're on our way and I feel like I'm you a year ago. Yes. It feels good, right? It's so empowering to know exactly where my money is going and still be able to live freely and yeah. enjoy things, but know that I'm saving money toward longer term things. Things that you want. And I think that's like what my biggest qualm about budgeting was and has completely 180 is that like budgeting creates opportunities, not budgeting takes away opportunities. And like switching that mindset was everything. It changed everything for me. So that's good. Love it. Woo. What is inspiring you this week? So this week, I follow a woman uh, named Kamal uh, Minhas, and she was the executive producer, and she was one of the women featured in the movie Dream Girl. It was a documentary. It came out like two years ago. We saw it together a year ago, and it was just really cool, and there was a lot of women featured in it um, that like were rocking their own business or like had just complete control over their own life. And it was just really amazing to watch that happen. Um, And so I follow her on Instagram. And one of the things that she posted recently was like, when was the last time you felt present? And I really appreciated that because I think the narrative is usually like, feel present, like just be present, like just, just Oh yeah, be. it's like, a, it's a command. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, that's tough because uh, I'm not right now. I'm thinking about like everything else that's going on or, or what I need to do or what I've already done. It's like, it's, it's really a struggle for me to really live in the now, but her it, posing it as a question of like, when was the last time? And that was really helpful because it made me go back to to the last time I felt present. And I think it was probably more recent than this, but when I was in the Grand Canyon last summer, I we worked really hard at this one hike. I felt challenged. It was hot. It was really difficult. Like I'm not, uh, I don't hike. So that was a challenge for me. But I realized, like, that was the the last time that I, like, that was a clear picture of feeling present because I had to focus on exactly what was in front of me. I I felt challenged. I felt like I was pushing myself. And I just, like, there was nothing else happening except for working as a team and getting to the bottom and then getting back up to the top. And that was a really nice reality check because then from there I can say, okay, to feel present, I have to feel challenged. And to feel present, I have to like stop and recognize what's happening around me and really see what direction I'm going in. What am I paying attention to? Am I, am I looking at what I'm doing? 
So that that exercise, even if she didn't really intend it to be an exercise, felt like a full-blown like half an hour ordeal for me, which I think I really needed at that moment, but was just something that made me feel really fulfilled too because I got to remember this amazing trip I went on, but also have a tool in my toolbox to go back to, which, you know, like that's where I'm at these days. I want more tools to add to we my toolbox. Art <laughs> building our toolboxes. It's been so helpful. So that specific just like when was the last time you felt present and being able to identify like not just what what I was doing but like how I was feeling and what I needed to be doing to feel present and so that's my goal is if I need to like step back and figure out where I'm at I need to see like how am I being challenged right now and what's right in front of my face and how can I amp it up a little bit to to really like dig into it and like really push my heels in and and feel like I'm making an impact somewhere. And so that was really that made like took me back a couple of steps in a good way. Like it made me pause and actually think in the now. And yeah. that's not that's not something I do all that often. I think it's really easy to set yourself on autopilot especially if you've been doing things or living a certain way for many years and like we always talk about how routines are great Mm -hmm. but you do there has to be a moment where you do take that step back to be like is this still the the train I want to be on right right because then you get like kind of lost in the routine which is part of me always wants that and I was listening to a great podcast Dax Shepard has a podcast called the armchair expert and he was talking to Ashton Kutcher and it was interesting they talked about kind of they I don't think they recognized it until after it came out but like the differences they feel about routine and where Dax Shepard was like I could do parenthood forever like that was I got better at it over time I knew the character really well I could I did it like the back of my hand and I was good and I, I would have been happy there for the next 20 years whereas Ashton meaning Kutcher, the tv show the not tv show no not <laughs> he was on autopilot all the time <laughs> yes but he was on a show called parenthood he is also a parent <laughs> in real life but then Ashton Kutcher was on a show called that 70s show and the reason he said he stopped doing the show is because it felt stagnant because it was so routine and he knew the character so well that he know he d- didn't feel challenged anymore and I thought that was really interesting and shows Obviously, we know people are different, but it was really fun to listen to them, like, get to the same place, but on totally different wavelengths. And so it was one of those moments where I'm like, wow, like, if you really take a minute and stop and see, like, what your motivation is, is routine good or bad for you? When do you need to switch it up? Like, all of those things and and writing them down or figuring out how they affect you. It's just this, like, eye-opening thing where you're like, oh, my God, I've been on the same track forever, and I mm-hmm. love that. Or I've been on the same track forever, and I really don't like that. And, and how do you work with that realization? So. Got to check in. Brianna, what is inspiring you this week? You know, I love my ladies. Always. <laughs> Lady power. I discovered a new podcast. Um, it's called No Limits with Rebecca Jarvis. And she showed up as a guest on a couple of my other faves, including Girl Boss mm-hmm. and Being Boss. Mm-hmm. There's a definite there trend here. seems like a trend. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to be strong, powerful lady. Boss all day. Goals. <laughs> but um, what I found, I sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm overdoing it. I'm listening to too many things. I'm not capturing anything anymore. But I decided to take a minute instead of just subscribing and kind of like diving into it head first and just like, you know, getting the weekly episodes that way. Um, I had actually run through a bunch of my downloaded episodes because I took uh, a, a travel uh, 
necessary like plane time to yep. go through all of the episodes that I had in my queue because they I had I had built it up, <laughs> um, but toward the end of the trip. I was nearing the end, and I was like, I don't want this to be empty now. <laughs> build it back up. So I had to build it back up. like, as a side note, very much your way of, yeah. like, I can never be empty. <laughs> I always have to have something on the back burner. <laughs> always. So um, I, instead of, as I mentioned, instead of sub- subscribing, I just downloaded a couple episodes that were kind of appealing to me because she has this approach similar to the way that Girl Boss Radio and um, Being Boss run is that they have specific interviews with individuals that are doing something great. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of runs the gamut of, like, actors, um, big media moguls, entrepreneurs. It's definitely a little bit more all-encompassing, not just, like, creative entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or, like, Which is nice. CEO, whatever. So um, I actually really enjoyed that, but because she's coming from this background of being like a major broadcast interviewer and like total boss in like the traditional television realm. Mm-hmm. Um, she brings a really awesome interviewing standpoint to all of like what she does with I love that. No Limits podcast. So I picked um, a couple of my faves. She doesn't have a lot at this point because she it's it's recent, so I think there's about fifty ish, um, oh, maybe <laughs> fifty between fifty to seventy five. Okay. Um, so it was easy for me to scroll through and be like, it wasn't like, Fine oh my names. gosh, I have three hundred. I right. was like, let me just pick you know the ones that pop out. So Carla Hall is a huge huge fave of mine. She rose to fame on Top Chef and now is a host on The Chew. Mm-hmm. Um, she has awesome energy and just like one of those people that I'm like, I just want to like. Suck you want to be your her friend, yeah. too. Like, she seems like someone on screen that I'm like, I'm going to walk through the screen and we're just going to be friends. Because mm-hmm. she's just that way. Yeah. So, um, that one I downloaded. And uh, Laura Brown, who is the editor-in-chief at InStyle. Ooh, one of your faves. And she's super spunky and sassy and just kind of, like, really energetic and has a really cool vibe. Um, I downloaded that one. And then Ursula Burns, who was the CEO at Xerox when I used to work there. Um, And so it just was one of those, like, interesting, I guess, like, a cross-section of people who've inspired me Mm -hmm. in so many different ways. And those were just three of many that were there. But at this point, I've already, um, within literally a day, have already consumed all three of those episodes. <laughs> wow. And it's just so good. And um, I loved a piece of advice that Carl Hall tossed in, which was saying that um, you need to show up for yourself as yourself no matter what mm-hmm. and continuously strive for authenticity in what you do. And it was one of those things just like because she talked about the scenario where she was on the chew and fresh and hadn't really had a lot of experience working in like a TV host kind of way. Yeah. And it's total when you're doing something new, you're not it's great at it. Right? At, yeah. at the first, you know, go at it. But she said that what ended up helping her get into the flow of it was just to be herself and that's what people wanted in the first place. And then the minute that she did that, everything just clicked. Well and that's how she was on the show, right? When she was on Top oh, Chef. Yeah. Like she was just her spunky, like bubbly big self Mm -hmm. and if you take that away then they're like why are you on the show anymore like people want to see you as you and like kind of refinding that is super empowering too to know that people are like into exactly who you are 
and not some weird version of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And I, what I ended up also loving is just like Rebecca Jarvis as an interviewer and as like a human with this awesome perspective and wanting to put this out there and be like, I'm celebrating women. I talk about men in tech all the time. And so now I'm going to talk about women on That's this podcast awesome. and celebrate this amazing group of people. Um, and so I feel like I definitely have a strong uh, lady power podcast lineup now in my my repertoire (laughs) and that's a great way to start your day right like just with like voices that either you've been feeling a certain way and they like acknowledge and empower you to like continue on the path that you're going or give advice for where you should be going or anything like that but knowing that it's another woman who's like been through some stuff and can share her knowledge is you know that's like our favorite thing yeah we just love that stuff and i really like specifically how carla talked about showing up as yourself not for yourself but as yourself yeah and I think it challenges a person to dig into like what makes them them and and in like we talked about in the feedback episode like ask people like what do you like about me what don't you like about me like what can I shift change make more of and how do I make that person show up more often so that's super rad totally so Brianna give it to me straight we are talking Work-life balance. Whoop, whoop. And it's so funny that we haven't talked about this yet. I know. We're, this is episode 24, and I think it's something we talk about literally every day, mm-hmm. but we have not dug into the subject on Queen Speaking yet, so I'm really excited about it today. Yeah, and I think um, it's something that we as humanity are, I think it feeds a little bit into the conversation we had about burnout because mm-hmm. we're always striving for this, like, I have balance. I'm feeling great. Everything in my life is full and at 100%. But the real issue is that if you don't know what is like off kilter right. in your life, it's really tough to be able to master that balance that you're seeking. And what we really want to get into this episode is how to actually evaluate that within yourself and within your life so that you can understand here are these here are my needs, here are my wants. How do I make better decisions about what I'm doing on my day-to-day to achieve whatever your version is of work-life balance. Super key that that is, again, like everything we talk about, it's personal and it will take work to figure it out, but you can't use someone else's version to kind of mirror your own. It just doesn't, unless... I don't know in what situation that could work. <laughs> it may be in parts, but not in in wholeness. So I think that the, having the tactics and figuring out like, okay, how do I figure out what that is for me and what rises to the top and how I do create a balance is super personal, but super important to do. Yeah. So I think another thing that's been coming up a lot, at least in our own conversations, is how does this relate to the concept of having it all? Ugh. Oh. <laughs> and I think that I'm starting to realize that that's not realistic. Start okay. We yes, it is. It's not realistic. It's not realistic at all. Me, 25 to 30 was like, you can do everything, and I burnt out. It's so so. I'll reference this a lot this episode because Man Repeller did a roundtable about work life balance, and it was with four different women, and I just thought that they touched on so many points that resonated so much with me personally when I read it, but. But one of them is about having it all. And like having it all is just such a scary statement because 
who the heck are you talking to and how are they taking all? <laughs> like, what does that look like for them? Because does it look like family, marriage, whatever? Does mm-hmm. it look like corner office? Does it look like traveling the world? Like, it's all is so, is such a crazy, broad statement. And sometimes having it all for one person, like, yes, yeah, CEO status, the other spectrum is like, full family having yes. like eight kids and a wild fun household is like that's my version of all right. and then like another person is like i want to just be able to like come home at the end of the day and have just some quiet chill. time and you know my girl oprah winfrey famously said i you can have it all just not all at the same time yeah and i was just like oh my god she speaks to my soul every day but it's that reminder of like and we'll get into this about the priorities like how do we prioritize things and all is personal but Mm -hmm. it's also something like if you're looking to have all of those things that we just mentioned that's cool and awesome but you're kind of crazy if you think you can literally do them not just back to back but at the same time I mean that's a lot and if that's what you're achieving then hopefully these exercises and tactics will help you set some realistic expectations because I think in that situation it's really easy for us to be like here's what I want but in order to actually get there there often have to be sacrifices in some capacity of like you know for me to have because my number one strength is harmony in my Gallup strengths finder assessment shout out to Gallup love you guys so good (laughs) um but my version of having it all is having balance right. and like being comfortable with a fulfilled and successful career, but also having relationships that are full and happy and that I actually have time to spend and dedicate to them. So like me having a full career doesn't equate to me working 80 hours a week. Right, exactly. And that's, I was just going to say the same thing. Like if traveling the world is on the top of your priority list, but so is making time, like concerted time and intentional time with family. If your family is not all around the world with you, then one of those things has to kind of outdo the other one, at least for the time that you're doing one of them. Mm -hmm. And I think like that's what we mean is that if, unless, you know, you're throwing everybody on your back and taking them with you every step of the way, then it's just not, it's not healthy to think that those things can all happen at the exact same th- time because it's scary and that will like crush your being. So. Yeah. And I think once you think about these things from a, what are my priorities standpoint, it's easier for you to have conversations with people about like, Hey, this is my number one right now. Yes. I need to focus on this. And then th- the stage is set for you to be able to do these things without feeling like you're being pulled in every direction. Absolutely. And this topic I'm super like excited to dive into because some of the stuff we'll talk about I've done. And I think I definitely right now in my life have more on my plate than I ever have. And it's all by choice. So it's like, how do I get rid of the guilt because this isn't being being put on me? Mm -hmm. Like these are choices that I've made about like my work life, being in school, doing the podcast. Like those are things that yes, keep me like in incredibly busy but are things that I want to devote the time to and it's now learning okay what of those things what now has fallen off the list and for me it was like my gym routine took like a minor hit to like the time frame or the how many days and that seems small but like five days six days a week was like 
everything to me mm-hmm. in being at the gym and now cutting it down to like four just feels really bad sometimes which I know is is a problem that's unique to me <laughs> like I don't expect everybody but to have that thing. But that's the thing about this evaluation is it's your problems yeah. it's your thing. And that's the thing that used to keep me sane and I and it still does but I've need to I've needed to figure out okay like sleep sometimes is more important than like dragging myself to the gym just to feel even more tired than I already do. And it's like things like that, that you're starting to figure out, okay, like I didn't think this was starting to take a hit, but now I'm seeing that it kind of is. How do you make peace with that? And how do you make sure that that's okay? And it's not causing you more like inner turmoil because it shouldn't. And it takes practice to figure out how it won't. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think it's time for us to get into it. Are you ready to... Speak it, queens. We just made that really awkward. (laughs) Speak it, queens. (laughs) So what is work-life balance and why does it matter? There's a lot to say there, Brian. You should start. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It really is, in this whole sense, a meaningful daily achievement and enjoyment within each of your life quadrants and so that can include work family friends and yourself and i think the self one is is cool because that is there's a lot of things that land in the self but i like how they've broken up friends and family to not be included in the self because i feel like for me personally it'd be really easy to like throw friends and family into the self because i love spending time with them but the fact that they're broken out actually makes it a little bit more manageable and was like oh the things for me (laughs) not the me for others but the me for me and like breaking those things down was a nice like reality check in one of the exercises we get into in a little bit uh, I actually did that. Yeah. I, like that exact thing where I was like, well, this fits in here. And it's like, oh, wait, I haven't done anything for myself here. <laughs> now we have to recognize my totally biggest problem. Empty. <laughs> I put everything else in front of me. Um, but I think, I think as we get into um, these quadrants and what's important and when you're thinking about work-life balance, this is going to change with time. There are some things that are going to take priority over other things, as we mentioned earlier, but thinking about the flow, mm-hmm. while it may not may not necessarily be equal in every facet of your life, are you still feeling f- happy and fulfilled within the reasonable spectrum of what you have in front of you? Right. So why does this also matter to all of us that we're sitting here? It's something that's actually really appealing to millennials. Yes. Especially in the workplace. Um, it, in terms of like, the perks Mm -hmm. obviously reduces stress and (laughs) we're positively (laughs) benefiting from you know feeling fulfilled on our day-to-day basis and we're happy another shock we will actually show up to work with a smile on our face yes and i think there's this moment where like now we're having conversations about like is compensation the only way to to be a benefit to a promotion or to a job itself. And so much now the conversation around the benefit of balance mm-hmm. and the benefit of flexibility and those things, not always, but more so than they ever used to be are more, um, more sought out by our age group um, when they're looking for jobs, than an increase in pay, because they're like, if I can like be a little flexible, then that's okay because then I've got I'm not feeling like I need to make all this money to make up for the stuff that I'm not able Mm -hmm. to do or fit into my life yeah and according to Forbes we're actually the millennial group which is that 1981 to 2000 time frame birth years (laughs) 
<laughs> time frame. <laughs> Just we're hanging out from that hanging time. Hanging out from those, those years. Um, we're really seeking flexibility and a career that reflects our lifestyle. Um, and especially one that has a salary that helps us pay off all of our hefty student loans. I'm fully in all of those things. She's creepily smiling, too. <laughs> like, that is me. And, like... You know, these are true things. But just like you said, like the flexibility piece is actually something that I think comes up more. It's not just like, hey, we want to have a cool ping pong table and like, you know, high fives from our boss every day. It's something that we're actually craving, that balance, that ability to live a kind of free, open life in the sense of just being able to manage your time better. Yes. um, And find experiences within all the things that you do to actually fulfill you from a career standpoint and growing and achieving and then you know everything beyond that because again there are many quadrants to fill there are many areas of your life that you want to find that balance in it's not just about a career it's not just about you it's not just about family you have to find ways to kind of offset all those things to feel Like you're living your number one life. Absolutely. And I was moderating a panel a few years ago now, which is crazy to think about. But one of the questions I asked, I think it was like as, and the roundtable that I had mentioned is from 2015. And I think this this conversation that I had was also from 2015. And I think it was as work-life balance started to become not just like, a a thing that was like in the startup world, but also kind of was edging its way into the corporate world and like lifestyle of many people, not just a certain type of person. And I had asked the panel, like what they thought of work-life balance, like how do you achieve it? And I think the conversation back then was always about achieving it. Mm -hmm. And this guy that I was speaking with who had answered the question, he was like, I just don't think that that exists. Like, I just don't think that that's a thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. You kind of threw me off there, but we'll work with this. We'll roll. And I thought what was interesting is he's like, I make choices every day about where I'm spending my time and energy. And that does not always mean balance. That doesn't always mean a balance Mm -hmm. between work and life. And the people in my life understand that. And I thought that's when it started to change for me from like the quadrant conversation is like, it's not always going to be the four quadrants that we talked about. It's going to be the four quadrants that like matter the most for you. Mm -hmm. So for him, his four quadrants probably didn't look like mine ever would or look like Brian's ever would. But I thought that that was like a really bold thing to say because everybody else on the panel like had fantastic answers about how they achieve this and how they work with it. And I love when someone challenges. Oh my gosh. And I was like, we were in a room full of people and I was just like, Oh my God, like this is my first opportunity and you've just ruined this for me. (laughs) But what, what he did was really give us something to chew on and something that was a challenge because I think now he was ahead of it in the sense of, you're right, it probably doesn't exist, but how do we then flip it to be a prioritization versus a, a balance? And even thinking about the word balance, like there's some teeteriness that happens there too. Yeah. So like you're not always like going to be... The word should be awareness. Right. Work, life, happiness, Awareness. Exactly. And actually, I guess Jeff Bezos of the Amazon world had said once, and I actually, I totally disagree with this, but just for, you know, 
comparison. Like, yeah, <laughs> and just to like put it out there so everybody can have their own opinion here. But he talked about something called work life integration, and mm-hmm. I was like, that sounds okay, but like, tell me more. And what he was talking about is like, if you're at like your kid's basketball game, if they're if they're on the bench or there's a timeout or if you're at halftime, like checking your email. And I was like, nah, now you've lost me because like that to me is an integration. It is being that's distraction too in tune. Right. And like, don't you want to kind of be there? It's like if we were hanging out with our friends and like someone was like, hold on, I got to walk away. Let me check whatever. And like, because there was a lull in the conversation or someone went up to go to the bathroom or something like that. And like, that's fine. But, like, I don't think I don't think that that is necessarily healthier than than like looking for balance because his point was like balance doesn't exist. So let's integrate. And I was like, Mm -hmm. to a certain degree, sure. But like the way that they were talking about it, I also just didn't didn't agree with. I just to me, that ends up sounding like disrespectful of other people's time and their passions. And they're like, hey, I asked you to show up for this and you're not. Right, exactly. And, like, we all understand that things come up, but at some point, you got to just just fully be present, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, and I think this whole conversation matters because you're no use to anyone if you're stretching yourself too thin. I just think there's just always going to be this moment where someone's going to realize that you have been doing too much and you're not firstly putting yourself first and you're not fully being there for the people that you care about whether intentionally or unintentionally and that's not working for anybody so implementing this like prioritization balance type of thing awareness is going to serve all of the quadrants in your life and like you being number one usually most of the time but then also for your friends and family like they're going to see the benefit of you calling some shots Mm -hmm. and figuring out how to make your life work for you versus you like you know slogging along and just like haphazardly getting everything done that sounds like my life in the past well and it's just like again even just recently i feel like you have this moment where you step back and you're just like oh my god like i have not been balanced and sometimes it takes like looking over the edge for a little bit and just being like oh my gosh and then pulling back up and you're like wow okay that was a scary moment. How do we like fix this? How like, do we remain in balance? Than I thought I was <laughs> to right? the edge. Exactly, exactly. Which happens all the time to the best of us, the people that do this the best. It still happens to them. But that that self awareness moment and how to recalibrate yourself is going to be what like sets you back on the right track. Yeah, and I think that leads into uh, it's a perfect segue for us to dive into the evaluation standpoint. How do you evaluate your current state and actually look at things from a realistic scope of where am I in my life and how do I back away from the edge? Right. right. Um, I think an easy starting place that I heard in a recent, um, or actually this has been years at this point of, I attended a conference and someone included this in one of their presentations. Um, An easy way to make a decision around keeping your priorities straight. It's a David Seavers concept. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. Yeah. That one's really easy to remember. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like if you're just, you need to do something in the moment and you're like, do I feel like this is a hell yes? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Sign me up. Right. But if it's not, then like 
F that. Toss it to the garbage. Right. Be like, no thanks. I'm overcommitted. <laughs> Love you. Bye. And that's so hard. And I feel like, like, on the hell yes meter like, where I feel like what I start to do is then be like, well, it's not a hell yes, but it's like a heck yeah. <laughs> like, then I'm like, it's a strong okay. baby. <laughs> yeah. And then you figure out, like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing it again. And I feel like this hell yes or it's a no, I love that because, like, in my mind, I know exactly what fits in both of those camps. But it's when we get into the gray area that I'm like, well, I guess I could, like, make time because it's something I really Mm -hmm. want to do. Yeah. But then you're like, okay, what are my priorities right now? Whether I like them or not, this is what they are. And it's like, and it is that moment where you have to then like reference back to your list and not just rely on your gut because sometimes your gut is like, heck yeah, we want to do that. Mm -hmm. But the place that you're in in your life at that moment might just not allow for it. And there's a quick transition from wanting to do something to I should do something because if you are of the tendency that we've referenced before of like people pleasing yes (laughs) women (laughs) show up for everything this helps to delineate like a stronger yes from like a not so strong yes yeah and I've used this from time to time in certain work-related scenarios that have helped me prioritize things and be like it's a Hell yes, two months from now. <laughs> well, and see, that's a great, that is a great thing to, like, acknowledge that, like, just because it's a no right now, this is, I mean, if you work in fundraising, if you know anything about fundraising, a no is just a, is just a, a maybe down the line. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, and it's something that you can revisit. And I think that that is a really good concept to keep in mind of like, just because it's a no right now doesn't mean it's a no forever. Mm -hmm. And you need to figure out like, if you, if that's something that you want to prioritize later on, how are you going to fit that into your plan? Oh yeah. I think uh, you mentioned something about this being something that you can kind of get in the feels with, with friendships too. Mm. Yes. About like, if you're feeling like you have to say yes to everything just to like, you're right. That was like a few weeks ago where I just felt like, because everything was kind of piling up. And again, these are all choices that I've made, but not necessarily stuff I want to work on all the time, a.k.a. school isn't always super fun. But I started to feel like a disconnect from my friends, and I wanted to I wanted to say hell yes to everything, mm-hmm. and I just, I just couldn't. And it was really hard to be in that moment because I say – I mean, we've been friends for, like, what, six years now, seven mm-hmm. years now, something like that. And I think – I'm I'm very much a yes person. I will always go with you to that thing or I'll show up to that event or I'll go to whatever you need me to go to. And most times I'm like, yes, I definitely want to go. But having to say no to things is really difficult, especially when it's to the people that I love. And so working around this to, to be able to also say like, it's a no, but here's why. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a yes down the road and here's why. And, and you don't really owe anybody that explanation, but I think I felt like I did, not because I definitely owed it, but because I wanted to give it to them. And yeah. I wanted to share with them why I couldn't show up the way that I usually do. And I think that's like the evaluation standpoint too from that we are yes women mm-hmm. and if you side that way as well it's very easy for you to get to a point where you hit a strong wall and you you start to say no to everything and then people get upset with you because you always showed up for everything in the past and now you're not here and you feel really bummed out as a friend so sometimes that explanation is helpful yeah because it at least provides some context for like hey here's why i feel 
like I'm hitting a wall. Right. And it's not you, like, let's find another time or, like, let's figure out how to make this work within the context of my current overwhelmed state. (laughs) Yeah. And it has, like, and it's gotten easier, especially since last semester was my first semester. I actively was, like, getting ahead of it in a certain way. But, you Mm -hmm. know, as you get to the end of anything, you're just kind of like... I'm going to say yes to everything because I've been saying no for so long. Yeah. But staying um, staying up on it is is definitely the better, better idea. I think the other way that you can see, like, where you're at in a way is, like, if you're starting to have that out-of-control feeling, mm-hmm. and that's a good sign. I think this was a really timely thing because I said this because I was feeling this way recently of, like, <laughs> that out-of-control feeling, like, things are misaligned and, like... You can't keep track of anything. And I realized that, like, I had to write everything down that I was due or was working on or needed to accomplish because, and that's when I know things are a little bit out of control. Like, that's when I know that my balance is a little off because I'm feeling like I can't even keep track of it. And I'm very much a list person and I I love my to-do list, but... I was like, this is this is abnormal. Like, this happens every few months where I'm just like, everything felt like it was thrown in the air and I'm just kind of grabbing at one thing at a time, figuring out where it goes. Um, and I think even if you don't have like anxiety as like, you know, diagnosed or if you don't feel like you really have anxiety, like that feeling that things are just kind of happening around you and you're you have a really hard time figuring out where they're going or what direction they're going in that's a moment to step back and be like okay I need to slow down I need to recalibrate I need to figure out why things are feeling like I can't touch them (laughs) and they're just speeding by me all the time so I think that's another good place to start from if you're starting to feel like you've lost a little bit of the control a lot of it of the control (laughs) yeah so then it's time to dive deeper Let's do it. Yes. (laughs) Um, I think another thing that ends up helping helping is, obviously, we mentioned that, you know, just the easy Q&A to yourself of, like, in the decision-making time frame, but how do you actually set your priorities correctly and acknowledge the things that matter most to you Mm -hmm. so that you can consistently feel this balance and know how to adjust accordingly because if you know what things make you happy in all facets of your life then you know how to achieve all of those things all the time right um and one of the things that you mentioned in one of our past updates i believe was the priority square that they shared on girls night in club yes i loves it i loves it so the four squares are me family and friends as one and then career <laughs> And then another hobbies and fun. Mm-hmm. And I like that these, we mentioned from like an official standpoint, the four quadrants were family, um, self, friends, friends, work, and work. Yep. But I like that me and hobbies and friends are separate. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I was surprised by that because I think that was an, another like challenging step to be like, oh, like, what is fun for me? And then it's like, oh no, what is just for me? Like, mm-hmm. it might not be fun. Yeah, it doesn't it have to be me. a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that, like you said, like that's a good distinction to make and mm-hmm. it really helps you separate out what you need to prioritize for yourself. And again, it's not always stuff that you want to do. Like for me, for like the next 
couple months, I want to really prioritize like getting all of my health stuff in line, like going to the doctor's appointments that I need to go to, not putting them off anymore. And like, that's the kind of stuff that isn't hobbies or fun, but it is for me. And it is something that needs to be prioritized. And I think like, that's the kind of stuff that falls under me sometimes in quotes, because it doesn't fall anywhere else. So, so true. (laughs) And for me, when you first mentioned this, I was like, I love this. And you sent me the square and you were like, do this. I'm going to share it on our Insta. Yeah. And I was like, go for it. And it, I think it's been literally three months it since has. that happened. And then you checked in and I was like, oh my God, I didn't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a little overwhelming. It was daunting for me, but mostly because I knew that I it was going to take me some time yeah. because I had some areas of improvement and needed to reassess some things. Um, but I actually really enjoyed that, like, because we filled it out from, like, a social media popping it on the Instagram stories yes. way. And so um, we can link to it in our show notes so that you guys have access to it um, to do it yourself. But I really enjoyed it being like a limited amount of space. Right. So I, I ended up having to prioritize my priorities. <laughs> Imagine stressing me out. <laughs> that. Um, but it was like me thinking about the top two things that came to mind in each square. Mm-hmm. I thought it was genius. But what I loved most about it is that it wasn't just like, here's your priority square, me, family and friends, career, hobbies and fun. Mm-hmm. It was asking the question, what's most important to you right now right and that's vital so hard to do too because you like i think we both have this habit of and we've been talking a lot lately about like okay plans for 2019 (laughs) we're halfway through 2018 which i think like there's a time and place for that but something like this like it's a really good right now tool and if you try to make it like a six months from now mm-hmm. or a year from now you can but i think it's meant to like you said with that those top two things like really focus on what your your all of those quadrants need right this minute and what's going to help you feel fulfilled and happy and balanced yeah. right now and for like the next couple weeks mm-hmm. and like just stop there and and try to stop yourself from like going over that point and trying to figure out okay what does my future look like because yeah. It's really tempting to do that when you're thinking about all of this kind of stuff, for sure. I think it's nice, too, because you mentioned it's, like, intentionally something that should be kind of done on a short-term mm-hmm. status. And if you do think about it in a quarterly, because, again, th- this is just, like, where my brain goes. Always, always you're be planning. You're always thinking quarters, too. <laughs> but I think I love that three-month time frame, though, because so much can change in that time. And it also is enough time for you to... 90 days is what makes a habit, peeps. That's what they say. <laughs> so funny how that works out. <laughs> so um, I think it's really helpful to be like, okay, if because when I did it, the reason I didn't do it was because it was daunting. Yes. And I was like, this is going to take me so much time. It took me 15 minutes. I was surprised, too, because we were doing some, like, cross-country cross, cross country check-ins mm-hmm. that day. And I appreciated that it came through. You were like, I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, like, we'll see it tomorrow. And then you did it in the next 20 minutes. And I was Instantly. like, wow, that's... I did not expect that because I know that it was daunting the first time because it does feel overwhelming. But it's good to know that you could, like, bring yourself to the level of, like, don't think about forever. Just think about right now. Yeah. Because... because- hard to do the question was what's most important to you right now and i needed to answer that (laughs) and you're good at following directions so (laughs) yeah give me a deadline and i'll follow it 
Yeah. And I do like how it's a visual tool. I think I learn best by things like this, where it's right in front of me. I love a list, but I think like, so the way that it looks, we talked about in the other episode, it's it's literally like a phone screen size. It's four quadrants. It's limited space, like you said. So being able to see it as a visual thing and not have like endless pages to fill out, mm-hmm. I think really helps drill into what your goals are, what you're prioritizing right there in each quadrant. And it was it was just like, I think sometimes the hardest part is just figuring out where you even start, but starting with something that you can see in front of you and know you only have so much room really helps push you like it did for you in that direction to just getting it done. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't have to be perfect. I think like, that's the thing is we, I think part of it was for us, we were sharing it. So we were like, oh my gosh, like, this is this is going to go so many the eyes on it, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't going to. But it does add this like extra layer of like pressure in a way of like, are, they, are people going to think this is stupid? Do I think this is stupid? Is this really what I should be focusing on? But if you're doing this for yourself, do it for yourself, and don't worry about like what other people might say about your priorities because they are yours for a reason, and they can stick to just your eyes if you choose. Yeah, I like the idea of saving it to your lock screen on your phone too. Ooh, so that's that a good way to see it every day. Every time you touch your phone to see what time it is or who's texted you, you can see what your priorities are. Which, yes. if it's stay off social media, then you put that get, phone down. Get off social media, and that's. <laughs> so funny but you'll have to be the one to tell my nieces that my prioritization square has replaced them as my lock screen <laughs> sorry darlings <laughs> my needs come first I'm just <laughs> they will put it on my inside screen yeah <laughs> that works too that works too so yes that is one tool that we have shared and we'll share again for everybody that is interested in that specific prioritization square it's after doing it it's now like okay this is going to become. I need to make this a habit. So we'll we're do going that to do our quarterly meetings every quarter, guys. Oh my god! Thanks to Sid for following up on it. Yes, that was totally intentional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually, I'm the one that's like, "Hey, what about uh, this thing?" Yeah, it's I'm fun. learning. <laughs> You're on it. You're just prioritizing your life, and it's magical. It's awesome. So now we're going to dive into something that's a little bit more intense. A lot more intense. A <laughs> little bit more time consuming. <laughs> Yes. But extremely valuable and helpful when you're trying to master work-life whole scope focus in the balanced life of yours. Yeah. And this really hits on, I think, what is, is manageable about the prioritization square is it's four quadrants. With this, it is a wheel. And, yes. <laughs> and it covers a lot of other stuff in a good way. Yes. But in a necessary way that if you're really looking on how to, like, fix some things, prioritize some things, balance some things out, like, this is definitely the thing you want to take some time working on. Yeah. So it's called the Wheel of Life. And it's a really good way to find balance and set smart goals, which we've mentioned before, which is basically, like, you know, specific, measurable. I always forget the A. I don't remember the R either. I know the T is time. Timely. Timely. What's the A? Well, guys. <laughs> Actionable. Right? No. No. We'll figure it out. But either way, these are intentional goals that you're actually going to be able to achieve within a specific time frame. Uh, very important. And maybe Sid should Google what smart means. I'll do it right now. <laughs> 
Uh, but it's split into major categories. Um, and this kind of goes, we did the four quadrants from the priority square, but this covers like a whole gamut from business to career, finances, your health, family and friends, romance, personal growth, fun and recreation, and then mm-hmm. your physical environment. Um, and so within that, there's a scoring system behind using this wheel and you're reflecting and rating your satisfaction levels out of one to ten and i liked the example that startofhappiness.com used um, and we'll link to that in show notes as well Um, it's something that made sense to me because it had questions that you can ask yourself in each of the categories for example is your career where you want it to be right now good question (laughs) are you heading in the right direction I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Time to evaluate that. Um, Or from a friendship perspective, are your friends supportive of you? Are you engaging friends and socializing to your satisfaction levels? And I feel like the cues are a really good guide when you don't necessarily know where to start. Because I think just thinking about, like, how do I evaluate what health means to me on a scale of 1 to 10? It's like, what specifically within that of, like, do I feel healthy Do I feel like my health is at an all-time high, at an all-time low? Mm -hmm. When was the last time I thought about eating a salad? Really important things to think about. Um, But it really helps you recognize where you're doing things well and what areas need attention, um, which is an opportunity for positive change, which I think is necessary in all of these things. It's not something to harp on and be like, oh my God, everything's at a zero. Um, Start thinking about different ways that you can implement adjustments so that you can improve your life in the ways that you want to improve them. And I think if you start to see like, you know, for example, if I was going to do this right now, I would probably say health is like a five. Okay. And that's mostly just me being like, like, what is my issue? I really like eating burgers and french fries a lot because they taste good. But I've now surpassed... 30 officially entering my 31st year of living and so my metabolism is not what it once was things have changed so i need to change my lifestyle Mm -hmm. to adjust accordingly and so for me it's like what what is one thing i can start doing tomorrow that helps me you know make an adjustment that's doable and reasonable and put things into action right away Yes. And going back to what SMART goals are, they are specific, measurable, attainable, Attainable. relevant, and timely. Those are your SMART goals. Thanks, Sid. No problem. I think exactly what you said, like, looking at these in the positive mindset is super, super important. And I think you should also be very honest with yourself when you're looking at this for the first time and seeing, like, okay, realistically, where am I at? And if you have an idea that you might be lower on these more than you are higher on them in like um like more of the um pie slices then i think that doing this with someone is really important like someone that you trust a coach Mm -hmm. of some kind because 
it can be like if, if you're rating yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, everything's low. And and I'm sure that that's not actually true. And I think that's why having someone like I was able to look at this and be like, I feel like I'm at an eight in this. I feel like I'm at like a seven there. So there are things that like, I'm like, okay, I know I'm doing pretty well here. Let's focus on the things that I could improve upon. But if you're feeling like really not in the place that you want to be doing something like this can like get a little dicey probably. And, and, we would never suggest something that does more harm than good, but I think that's why still doing this, but doing this with someone who you know and trust can help you say like, this is what you're forgetting here. Like, remember how you've been walking on a regular basis, even if you're not super ha- happy with like your whatever, but you've been making changes like over the last year. And it's having that person who's going to like remind you, because I think sometimes if we're not super thrilled with places in our life, we tend to forget the good things that are happening Mm -hmm. because we're already in a negative mindset. So if you have someone that you rely on for your positivity or like is there to lift you up on a pretty regular basis as I'm sure like you are for them, then to have that person next to you and be like, don't forget about this thing that you accomplished at work. And don't forget about that time that like you stood up for so-and-so like at the whatever. Yeah. And and just having, again, I'm a, I'm a advocate for the accountability buddy. And this is no different. I think that there are definitely like huge benefits to doing this in a team environment, like it with you and a partner with you and your in your partner with you and you know, your friends, I think even thinking about your family too. like if you Mm -hmm. have kids and asking like, what would you like more from mommy? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It helps keep like, everything in check and not in a way that's going to be like, yeah, you're right, you're not doing anything. But like that person should be the person that's going to help you see the good that you are accomplishing and are doing. Um, So I always I thought about that as I was looking at it because I, there's always going to be people out there that feel like they're not doing enough, that mm-hmm. there are less good things than bad things in their lives. And if you have someone that you trust in your life, they will be there to like help you through those moments and help remind you of the things that are in a really much better place than you might think they are. Yeah, break you out of that tunnel vision. Yes, absolutely. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. I also like how this is really visual again like I love this is what really helped me when I was we have both worked with a strengths coach and one of the things that I love that she used to do is she she'd slice out one of the strengths and say okay how how is this working toward like this one problem that you're having and it was so helpful for it to be so visual because Mm -hmm. it was hard for me to look at the whole pie and be like well they're all working together and she's like no just this one and she just covered it up with paper and like that was enough (laughs) to be like okay so I'm just looking at this one and it like just took it took the rest of the options away so even if you have to do this that with the wheel of life and just like cover up the other pie slices while you're focusing on one Mm -hmm. just so you don't get overwhelmed by all of them I think is another tactic to say like okay I'm taking this one step at a time I'm either doing this solo or with someone but like do it do it one by one and I think that visual of like taking everything else away yeah and just focusing on one at a time helps you really focus in on that one thing and it might turn out more positive than you think it will by by just focusing on the one yeah I think uh to your point too, the the blocking out helps you realize like when something really is being used or not used or relied on or neglected right. way more than you actually imagined. And it's really hard to get that unless you do do that, like blocking Block out of the other things. Yeah. Because you're like, well, 
this other thing feeds into that. And it's like, right. No. And that's what she did. She was like, okay, yes, you're right. They all feed into each other. But if you were going to solve a problem with just this strength, how would you do it? And it's the same thing with this. Like, if you were going to look at just your health, nothing else, mm-hmm. and not how anything, like, how your romance feeds into your health or how your fitness level feeds into your health, like, just that. Just look at that and block out everything else. And it helps you stay honest Mm -hmm. in a way, I think. I agree. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think there are some other things that we had revelations about that didn't necessarily fit into a specific exercise or something that you can do. Um, But I found this awesome article from The Muse that was literally 37 tips for a better work-life balance. And 37 tips sounds like a lot, but it's actual real people saying, here are things that I'm doing and here's things that I'm working on. Um, But a couple of the big ones that I really loved was um, starting with the big rocks, which are the most important and least flexible responsibilities. And it's something that Stephen Covey was, you know, integrated into his amazing teachings yeah wonderful like that makes sense why wouldn't you do the most important thing first and that could be easy to do the last important thing first (laughs) but i think it's really nice not just to think about this from a work standpoint but also like what are the big rocks in my life Mm -hmm. if the big rock is spending time with my friends or spending time with my loved ones then like how do you adjust accordingly to like make that prior priority number one yes um, this one is something that I need to do more of, but block out more me time. You gotta take those walks, girl. Yeah. You said it. And even just, like, because to go back to the priority square, one of the things that I wanted to do more was just, like, momentary reflections. And mm. so journaling was one of my, like, actually making that more of a habit because I feel like that helps me stay honest with mm. myself. Yes. Um, or at least just, like, being more present in what is actually happening and what I'm experiencing because sometimes you go through things and you don't acknowledge like, whoa, that was actually really momentous. But if you write it down, it sticks with you a little bit longer. Totally. And you can reference back to it. Yeah. And so if you're giving yourself a little free time, not like, you know, time to do your hobbies, it's literally just like, what is one thing just for you to slow down? Yeah. Um, Another thing is scheduling recurring activities that you like to do. One of those things is our monthly ladies' night. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that seems, like, annoying to have to be like, let's schedule the next one right now. But it's like, no, we because this is a priority, let's put it on the calendar. Because we always get into that mode of, like, if, it, if we don't, then we don't schedule it. And if there's bonus time where we get to see each other more than that, that's awesome. That's great, yeah. But there is now a point where we're all very busy in our lives. And so scheduling those recurring activities that you love, if it's something that you do on a monthly basis, make it a habit to, like, hang out with those people, get it on the calendar, set it in stone, and actually stick to it. Yeah, and I think for that specifically specifically for us, it's like there we don't see that group all that often. It's like at this monthly hang that we get together. So like it really rises to the top, I think, for both of us because it's like I really crave that time with that group and we just have such mismatched schedules that it's hard to get even one date, let alone more than one date on mm-hmm. the calendar. So it is like it's one of those things that you're like, how does it make you feel? if it makes you feel good then 
bang it to the top of the list. And I think that goes into one that I had found from that Man Repeller Roundtable of like, find what your release valve is. And I liked that visualization because you think about like what the release valve does. It just like lets all of your air out mm-hmm. and like you stop holding your breath. And then you realize like after a few minutes, you didn't even realize you were holding your breath and you're like, I'm about to pass out. So like, what are the things that, and, and I think that this, our once a month ladies hang like falls into the release valve category for me. Cause as soon as I get there, even though it's cooking and I don't necessarily love cooking, I love what we're able to do together and that we eat together and we drink together. And it's just like this really intense, but like lovely time of just connection and engagement. And it's like the things that I love all in one space that I don't have all as much time for these days. So it's like sharing a meal is just such a Uh, it's one of my favorite things. Like sharing a meal with people I love is just like something that makes me feel so full. Like I'm making like cringy hands because I'm just like... very happy and very excited. (laughs) I just like, I just love it. And like sharing a good glass of wine and like just connecting with other people that you love and want to know about their life is like, that's a release valve for me. And sometimes it takes some time to remember what that is. Mm -hmm. Because I think we're so used to being like, the release valve is like sitting on the couch and like binge watching my favorite new show, The Bold Type. (laughs) And while that is like a release of some kind, because I'm not actively doing anything and I'm enjoying myself to a certain extent, the release valve, I think, really means, like, what's filling you back up? Like, mm-hmm. what's, like, l- like letting the air out, but also, like, reviving your spirit a little bit? And that, like, very much does that for me. And so figuring out, like, not just, like, what time off or downtime is, but what, like, fulfillment is. Like, really thinking about what that looks like for you. I think that is what you should be prioritizing if you're able on a more regular basis. At least more regularly than you think you might be right now. So, love it. There's a few revelations that I had that I'll like run through really quick and I'll sh- will share in the show notes, but there's a series on the cut called um How I Get It Done and then it's like the woman's name after that. Love it. And it's really cool because it's it's just like the podcast that you've been listening to where it's like different voices from all different backgrounds doing all different things and what I thought was really interesting was that one of the most common themes for these articles is these women have total autonomy over their schedule for the most part. So like I think that plays a major role in work-life balance is that like being able to and we talked about this one of the things that people want is control over their schedule and flexibility and like all of those things if you're lucky enough to have something like that or can ask for something like that and I thought that that was a really interesting common thread because like you said like she's talking to all of these different women who all like have something to offer you as the listener as far as advice goes and I'm sure even within that there's like something that just keeps coming up, like keeps coming back around. Um, And I thought that was really interesting. Just like Joanna Coles, who's the chief content officer at Hearst, she was recently on um, a podcast called Skimmed from the Couch. And she said balance came when she was able to attain higher positions in her work. And I was like, what? Like, you'd think that that would mean more work. Like you'd think, and it did. She's like, it definitely was more work. But again, like the autonomy over my schedule was just the best. Like I could make things happen that I could never make happen when I was in lower positions. And not to say that's why you should strive for higher positions, but thinking about that and thinking about how that fits into your own life, I think is like just a really interesting thing to chew on for a while and think about. And I don't think it would like necessarily motivate me to get to a higher in quotes position, 
but it would help me think about what I'm asking for in the work that I'm doing or the work that I want to be doing later. Um, or at least just acknowledging, like, is this something that I need and want? And right. how do I ask for it? Absolutely. Maybe it's not a raise. Maybe it's something else. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, the whole the whole roundtable, I pulled a lot of different things that I really enjoyed about it. And I read it twice prepping for this episode because I just thought it had so many great ideas and so much to offer for the person who's looking for more like meat when it comes to the work-life balance conversation. But instead of going through all of them, we will just share it and just know that it is really, really worth the read. It's not crazy long, but it is kind of like a stream of consciousness for them during a conversation. So there's a lot to it. Um, But it's so worth it. I just thought it was so, so good. And one piece specifically that I will leave with is there's such a different thing when you talk about work-life balance, which is much more emotional and subtle body stuff with how you feel being inside yourself, how it is when you fall asleep at night, what you say to yourself, what you believe about what you do. (laughs) So that's like kind of a lot. But I thought that like that acknowledging like how you feel and like how you feel when you put your head on the pillow at night, like and how you're feeling about your life is something to really pay attention to. And like we talked about like what the starter is and what's going to like make you think about work-life balance more often. Like when you put your head on the pillow at night, like, how do you feel? Do you feel in control? Do you feel out of control? Do you feel like you're all over the place? Like, where are you at? And use that as somewhat of a guide, because that's when hopefully you're starting to slow down for the day. And that's when things kind of rise to the surface a little bit. And if they do, grab a notepad and write them down. Great idea. Because then you can assess them Yes. down the road. Absolutely. But yeah, there's a lot on this topic. It's like it's not even like a hot topic. It's just a necessary conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, what I love about that roundtable conversation is it is it is it changes and it is different and it takes different forms. And, and it's just something that you should always be working on and checking in with. It's not like a it's not like how if I could get to the meal prep world where I'm just like, I get it. I did it. I do it all the time. I figured it out. <laughs> like That's not going to happen with work life balance because your life will change and you should be paying attention to that. And that's why we wanted to give you guys some exercises to evaluate yourself. And if you do any of these and they work for you, let us know, share them with us. Hashtag queen speaking. Yes. Feel free to shoot us a message. We are always ready to hear from you guys. And if you want to like give us a little rating on uh, the podcast, please feel free. We want to know how we're doing and what you want more of and how you feel. So love it. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.